You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. John Tabor's pointing at me, so that means we're on the air. <laughs> Not used to getting up this early. Welcome in North Louisiana. I won't try and greet everybody like uh, like Aaron Dietrich does. I was John. I was going to have you play some kind of uh, Jamaican beach music this morning to solidify where uh, Aaron Dietrich is for the next week and a day. Uh, he'll be he's in Jamaica having a great time. I'm sure he's sitting on the beach already since they're on Eastern time. And uh, he's sitting on the beach already with a cool one or some kind of adult beverage soaking in the sun, the sand, and the uh, tropical breezes down in Jamaica. Good morning again. I'm Mark Kramer. I'll be hosting the show with uh, some various uh, talent this week. One of the biggest talents, of course, the world-famous Nick Brown with me this morning. In fact, Nick will be with me today and tomorrow, and then he'll host the show along with uh, Jamie Foxx on Thursday. I'll be having a medical procedure done on Thursday, so I'll be out. And uh, I got Santoria Black Wednesday and Friday in with me, and then we're also on again next Monday. You can't get rid of us over the weekend. We'll be back again next Monday. Uh, That'll be our last day, and then I believe Terry Waldrop will be joining me that day. Welcome into the uh, seven o'clock version here, Mr. Brown. Hey, enjoy it. Great to be here. This is uh, normally what we do at Tabor and I do on Saturday morning. So uh, we have a blast here. The coffee's been made, so all is good. Love to hear from you. Triple eight nine nine three seven seven six two. I want to tell you, watched uh, every game yesterday. I enjoyed the college baseball, the regionals. I think that uh, you look big surprise, you know, Mississippi State. Still alive. So uh, Well, I'm not surprised, really, when you look at the scores, and we'll get into it in a little bit, uh, the SEC, you know, uh, doing itself uh, a lot of favors uh, nationwide with what they're doing, what all the teams are doing in the regionals. Because not all the SEC teams, even though the top eight seeds, four of them were, um, were SEC schools, but some of the – SEC schools that weren't number one seeds are also doing very, very well. Uh, let's uh, get into some of the headlines, of course, that we'll be covering today. Uh, the Game two of the NBA Finals last night. Oh, I also want to say Jake Martin, of course. Uh, uh, he's still doing uh, baby duty, and uh, he'll be out as well uh, during the entire time that um, Aaron is gone. So we hope that uh, everything's going good with him as well and his new baby. So uh, good luck with that, Jake. So the game two last night of the uh, NBA Finals, and then we have uh, the LSU. Uh, Of all the teams I just talked about, uh, LSU was probably the one that did not represent itself very well. We'll get into that also. And – And then you've got the rest of the baseball brackets. And then I want to also talk about uh, some of the some of the comments from the postgame press conferences. You know, some of these guys, I don't care if it's a a star, you know, big megastar athlete or, you know, just maybe a role player that they end up talking to. Some of these guys just need to, uh, you know, they always have that quote quote, cooling down period before they allow them to come out and talk. Uh, Some of them need a little more, either a little more uh, counseling on what to say and what not to say, or they need a little more of a cooling down period because uh, some of the things that have been have been said are in some of the postgame press conferences, especially at uh, especially in the NBA finals uh, has been simply ridiculous um okay richie already in with us this morning on the text line let's be realistic do we really see the finals going any more than five games stick a fork in them the Cavs are done yeah you had your opportunity i mean you know four to five so game one had their opportunity so yeah we'll get into that here in just a little bit um one of the other things that will be coming up pretty soon 
uh, is, and we're going to try to get uh, a couple of guests on from our local area this week, and that is the uh, the draft for college uh, for baseball, the baseball draft. You know, everybody's been talking about the NBA draft and different things. But a lot of people don't realize that the uh, baseball draft will be coming up pretty soon. And Nick, you know, we were we talked a lot. Uh, we've talked a lot with Coach Burroughs, uh, even Coach Goff when he was here uh, in North Louisiana at Louisiana Tech. And I had a conversation with Coach Fed over at ULM as well, and and uh, Coach Cooper at Grambling, and all of those guys. You know, people don't realize that baseball recruiting for the baseball coaches is about as difficult a process as there is in college athletics and not just from the standpoint of putting talent on the field but they have so many different things they have to juggle they've got the limited scholarships which is you know you and I've talked about this many times which is ridiculous to try and field a 25 man roster with what is 11.2 or 11.7 11.7 scholarships is utterly ridiculous they need to at least lift that up to 15, 16, 17 scholarships for these baseball coaches. But they also, a lot of times you know, you know, they know ahead of time that John Smith, for example, is going to get drafted if he's a junior and and is going to be eligible. But a lot of times they don't. You know, there may be a kid that, or a couple of kids that kind of bust out, which happens in college. A kid, finally, the light comes on or he matures enough. Maybe he was an early uh, maybe a 17 or 18 year old graduate from high school, and they finally blossom and come into their own in their uh, whether it's a pitcher or a position player. Then they get to the end of this near the end of the season, and they're just doing gangbusters. And the the coaching staff has not really planned from the beginning of the year to p- replace that guy because of the fact that that they didn't think he was going to reach that point to where he was going to be drafted. And if you have a couple of guys like that, which, say, Louisiana Tech has had the last few years where guys did blossom in the re- you know their whole rest of the season, uh, all of a sudden you've got to replace guys that you weren't planning on replacing. And, and you know, that makes it awfully tough on, these, on some of these college coaches. Well, I mean, you look at it, too, as well as uh, you may think, hey, uh, they've – you know they're going to get drafted. You just think, okay, maybe if they get drafted in this spot, they'll be back. And a lot of times uh, players will surprise you. Uh, depend on the end of their regular season, depend on how it went, or maybe they're just ready to get out and they will go even though they didn't get taken as early as normally you, you thought they would for a player to make that decision. So I'll be anxious to see how the uh, MLB draft turns out. But also, too, I think that's one of the reasons you look at the junior college programs and those ranks, and you go through and make that move. Or, you know, like uh, watch Northwestern State in, in their games this weekend, you talked about some of the players that they had. Uh, basically, they got because they were injured, and uh, so they didn't really get to perform to the best of their ability. So the big boys from the Power Five backed off, and that is the uh, group of five or even smaller schools. That is their, uh, their gain. But you look at it, one thing about it, the 11.7, you do get a little bit more parity uh, in that as you watched. And, and you talk about I enjoy watching the regionals, but I think it's time to maybe uh, shake it up a bit in uh, college baseball. I'm a big proponent of a play-in game. Uh, you got facilities here in North Louisiana. Maybe uh, go to the selection show on Sunday night. Do uh, instead of uh, 64, go 68. Bring two in. Play some games on on turf at Louisiana Tech. Maybe even at uh, ULM. Have it where you have, you know, you have those extra games because you see what you see in the the automatic qualifiers that you see. What 31 automatic qualifiers that you saw. Some of them go out. And I tell you what, really watching the whole. Old tournament, I felt sorry for Missouri State. Uh, you call us members SEMO, I believe it was the Southeast Missouri State. You remember when the digit print? Yeah, because you know they got diff- different budgets. And you remember back when, I mean, the kids, at the, the Brown kids have one, RJ and the Savage Cabbage. The digit print was the deal. I never thought I'd see a, a digit print uh, uniform still in, but uh, Missouri State sporting that uh, uh, last night uh, in their games. But certainly – have enjoyed the regionals, but there's a way you could shake things up. I think you look at SEC bias. I don't think Florida State should have been hosting. I said that, John Tabor, I said that prior to. And you look at, uh, you know, Mike Martin, he's out. And, uh, but uh, surprisingly. But here's the thing. You look at the coach at Mississippi State. That, that job is, is open. Uh, John Cohen, the athletic director, said he wants a guy with Omaha experience. 
Well, you there's look, not many of those. Well, Gary Henderson. I mean, John Tabor and I have the. You you look. You're going to get TCU uh, coach. You get some. Uh, I, I think if you, if that's your qualification, and you've made that statement out, you said you know what you're going after a guy with Omaha World Series experience. Well, guess what? You now got to deliver. I mean, you go back. Well, and you limit you limit greatly your ability to uh, who to hire if you throw that if you throw that out there from the very beginning. You just cut your pool down tremendously uh, from being able to you know maybe expand your your look a little bit. But if you're an interim coach and you guide Mississippi State to a super regional, and they're going to have a winner take all versus Oklahoma today, uh, and good luck to the Bulldogs. Uh, do you? Do you give that job? Do you recant? Do you come back and say, you know what? I was going after a guy with Omaha, but Henderson has done a remarkable job in the interim job, guided this program to a super regional, and, you know, who knows, maybe and beyond. And and here's the thing. I think Mississippi State is playing uh, with a lot of passion, and you go back a walk-off home run to beat Mississippi, uh, to beat Florida State. What if, they, what if they got him to Omaha? And they say, you know what? You wanted a guy with Omaha experience? We got him now. Yeah, he's in our dugout. So that, that's what I'm really watching with uh, college baseball. Enjoyed it. Unfortunately, St. Louis couldn't get a big victory. Uh, pulling for them, we had their head coach on the other day. So, but I have enjoyed watching the uh, Cal State Fullerton knockoff. Oh, those ever- guys, those guys, Cal State Fullerton, something else. You know, I was part of seeing uh, them play. Uh, that was one of the biggest wins in Louisiana Tech hist- program history when they beat. Cal State Fullerton at the regional in in uh, Starkville a few years ago, and uh, there if you see their name, and they make it into a regional, which they usually do, even though their record's not great, but they have always have an RPI that's really high uh, because they play just about all comers out there on the West Coast. But you see that if you see them in there, you can bank it that they're going to be they're going to be competitive and probably have a chance to win it. Well, the thing about it also, too, though, I look and you, I thought that you should Kentucky have been the inch and it had been the 11th team from the SEC and, and, you know, not a power five. You'd shake your head no. I think you look at the seedings of where they send people. Should North Carolina State been a host? I don't think so. I think a lot of times they – point you have oversaturation of the SEC, and, and I think that's what you're looking with because a lot of them are going to knock each other out. And I think they don't want to set it up. But there's no doubt about it. I think you could have – you don't want to have eight teams from the SEC going to Omaha. But I think you're well, shaking the reason a little you bit. You know, if they, if they deserve it, they deserve it. It's, it's, they, no, okay, I'm with you, but they're going to set the tournament up so that that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You go look around the regionals, and you took it what was Mississippi State, one of the last teams, LSU the last teams to get into the regionals. And is LSU a better team than Mississippi State? Yeah, we're going. Well, yeah, we're is gonna, LSU a better team than Mississippi State? Yeah, we're going to talk parallel. Would LSU have had different results down in uh, Tallahassee? Yeah, and Chris uh, texts in on the uh, text line that uh, the Major League Draft does start today. Absolutely. You and, know, one of the things, and that, I, we talked about this last year. Uh, you know, with the coaches that are still playing, would they rather have the draft come up after? The College World Series is over, so they don't have the distraction of their players thinking about the fact that they got drafted high, maybe starting to deal with uh, some negotiations with some of the teams, and then being, you know, maybe a little distracted, even if it's 20% uh, distracted away from their uh, away from their duties uh, in still playing for their for their college teams. I always thought it was funny that, especially for track. And uh, and baseball, that some of the kids, if they make it this far to the super regionals, some of these kids have graduated from college. If they're seniors, they've have graduated almost a month ago, and so technically they're a graduate of the school, and they're still playing for the school See, I, a but, month after school's out. I think, but, you, but I, I like that because I yeah. think you get the less pressure. I think you get a better quality baseball. I don't. Oh I, yeah, I don't think you change it up. I think the pressure's off. I think you might see players a little bit more relaxed. I, I think it, it is. It is what it is. I don't think you move the draft until after Omaha. I think you just keep it where it is because pretty neat to watch when you're watching the team. Hey, it was an 89th selection of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> like what 89th? But yeah. so no, I, I'm good with if the you're way Mr. It is. If you're Mr. Irrelevant in the baseball draft, as many rounds as there are, then 
you really are, Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, so Not as much as the football draft. But keep it where it is, but we'll talk and we'll break down more of the uh, college baseball regionals and who's going where. And you still got some games to play. Oh, yes. A lot of post or a couple of regionals had uh, quite a few postponements. So we'll go over that whole thing here in just a minute, but let's go ahead and give you the Louisiana Pain Care starting lineup. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Let's not crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. And uh, we are guest free today, so that means that uh, we are hotline friendly today, whether by phone or text, 888-993-7762. We'll have, uh, we've already got some more text to read when we come back, but we will be talking about the NBA Finals Game 2 last night and what's on the horizon for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and also some, uh, again, r- ridiculous r- officiating last night and um, some uh, ridiculous comments, again, from LeBron James in the, uh, the post game press conference last night. And we'll, again, talk at length about the college uh, playoffs in baseball as well. And we'll get into uh, the big failures of LSU just having to scrape by to beat Northwestern State and then getting blown out two different times uh, on the mound and at the plate uh, by number one Oregon State. And, again, you can reach us at 888-993-7762 and the morning drive with Mark Kramer and Nick Brown will be back right after this. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Get your craw daddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your craw daddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklings. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. Looking for affordable home building here in Northeast Louisiana? Look no further than Allen Builders. The folks at Allen Builders are dedicated to building that quality custom home that you've always been dreaming of. In the need of a remodel, bathrooms, kitchen, flooring, the folks at Allen Builders can handle it. Issue with a roof? Whether it's tearing off and replacing existing shingles, replacing rotten decking, and installing solar power vents, yep, they've got that covered. For more information, call Allen Builders today, 348 348- 8920-348-8920. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Mark Kramer, Nick Brown here with you. We'll be here today and tomorrow. Uh, Nick will be hosting the show on Thursday uh, along with Jamie Foxx. I'll be out as Aaron is gone on vacation through next Monday. He'll be back a week from tomorrow. And again, our first hour brought to you by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. And you can get us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance hotline and text line. Call Stuart to see how you can save on home and auto, 588-7474 is where you can reach Stuart Shelby. So, uh, Nick, let's go to uh, first. We'll go back to baseball here in just a little bit in the 
college playoffs, uh, the regionals, and then some of the super regional sites are already are already set up with uh, some of the teams. Some of the regionals, of course, obviously had some weather issues and are going to hopefully finish up today. <clears throat> but last night in the NBA Finals, the Warriors stretched things out in the fourth quarter against a uh, – obviously looked tired uh, as far as uh, their play is concerned. Uh, last night, the, the, they kind of – as I said, they kind of stretched it out. They were up, I believe, 13 at the half and then 10 after the third quarter. But then in the fourth quarter, yeah, they were outscored 34-31 in the third quarter. And they talked to Steve Kerr before the fourth quarter started uh, with Doris Burke. And he said that he was not pleased with their defense in the third quarter. Uh, Yeah, when you give up 34 points in a quarter, even in the NBA, I would say that your defense was a little lackluster. Um, Kevin Love hit a lot of three-pointers. I think he had three or four three-pointers in that third quarter and helped uh, keep them uh, in the ball game last night. He was only a minus. Of course, when you lose, a lot of players are minus on the uh, plus-minus thing. But uh, Kevin Love was a minus 12. But LeBron was minus 18. He led the team. Of course, he played every minute of the ball game just about. So he would obviously have a little more. But 122 to 103, Golden State takes care of Cleveland. Steph Curry uh, set a record last night, uh, beat Ray Allen when he was with the Celtics, shooting, I believe he had nine three-pointers in the ballgame to uh, set a record for the most three-pointers in a playoff final, in a NBA Finals matchup. Now, interesting, though, do you look in, uh, at the MVP? The MVP of the league, is it LeBron? Where's his Steph? I mean, you go through, and and bottom line, you look and watch, talk about overmatched, and, and the Cavaliers certainly are. And I think he's just pushing out the door. I mean, LeBron needs needs a little help. and uh, But it, interesting, but I think his Steph doing enough. Uh, the MVPs is still LeBron's, is Steph's. I think that's you go through and look, because I think you can put, it, put a fork in the Cavs. They're, they're done. Now, the greatest player of, of all time, don't go through all this Michael Jordan you're going through. Now, just – where will LeBron play the following year? I mean, because you're done. You may not even win another game as a, a Cavalier. you got to have help. And here's the thing. When you're going to go out and play, and Warriors a better team, could the Cavaliers have beaten them? Absolutely. We know what happened. You didn't play your best. you got to be 100% in mentally and physically to get that chance, and you blew your opportunity. You know, <laughs> every time I watch these games, and everybody's – Oh, poor LeBron. He's got no help. He's having to do it all by himself. Well, you know what? He's about the one that ran Kyrie Irving out of Cleveland. And one of the reasons Kyrie Irving left Cleveland, you know, for the Cavaliers and LeBron James and even their fans, you know, I bet Kyrie Irving, even though he's out, was out for the Celtics, let's just say that he was not injured. Kyrie Irving would look a lot better right now in a Cavs uniform playing in this series than being traded uh, to the Boston Celtics. So uh, be careful, you know, be careful what you wish for. Uh, I agree with you. First of all, be careful what you wish for. But bottom line, you're NBA. You're looking at the greatest athletes in the world. You gotta, you gotta have help. And just anxious to see where. Uh, LeBron watch will uh, end up as uh, going but, through. But will Nick, and this is a good point, I want you to comment on this. Would he really be better off somewhere else? And the reason I say that is that there's a lot of teams that maybe already have good players that are already salary cap strapped. And so that very much limits where he can go. Uh, and because some team that may take him on, well, they've got to shed – maybe three role players. They may not have to get rid of one of their stars, but they're going to have to shed three or four role players to try and meet the salary that he's going to command coming to their team. So is he really going to be better off leaving Cleveland and going somewhere else or trying to get Cleveland to continue to beef up their roster and get some people in the offseason? Okay, uh, two-part question. Number one, you ask, would he would he be better off? And I will tell you this, I think – uh, I look at it from a different perspective. 
and I've said this before all the time, and professional sports, that's entertainment for me, and this is a business. Now, you're telling me if you got a chance to get, you know, I know you remake Top Gun 2, you know, you got a chance to get Tom Cruise. You're going to bring in Tom Cruise as opposed to a guy that looks like Tom Cruise. It is an entertainment it is a money-making business. So, yes, you shed the role players. I understand what you're talking about from a team perspective, what it does to the chemistry, the makeup of your team. I'm with you. But this is a business. Yeah, you got that opportunity. You, you throw out everything, including the kitchen sink, to bring LeBron to your team. Uh, just simply what it is. It is a business. And... In the end, he is going to win. Now, may not win this series versus the versus Golden State, obviously, but I think you bring it in and you'll be playing for it. So, answer your question, two two part question. You're asking, will LeBron be better off uh, when they shed the role players to bring him in? I think that a lot of players thrive on the newness of going somewhere else and how they do. But will the program that brings him in, the franchise that brings him in, will they be better off? financially, and that's what it is. It is a business, so absolutely. So as far as from the coaching and what you're talking about, the chemistry of makeup, maybe not. But from what the NBA is, capitalist, you go business, yes. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, everybody's talking about the Sixers and, you know, the why would he go to the Lakers? They're terrible. Uh, they're not going to be able to bring anybody in. You know, they say, oh, well, they're going to bring in uh, Paul George. Well, you know – just one guy is not – again, if you have to shed some of your good role players to be able to afford to bring LeBron and Paul George in, you may be uh, hampered and and uh, kind of uh, uh, tied up a little bit financially to be able to bring in somebody else or some other guys to complement just those two stars. So you may not – it may not be a, a good thing for the future. Myself, I would I would think that he would uh, rather just stay, not him, but for my money, I would rather stay where I'm at and try and get the team I'm with uh, to beef things up in the offseason as opposed to trying to get more chemistry going in a, on another team in another city and having to deal with all of that as well. Um, Dodson Quint texts in, thanks for all the texts already, and says uh, – with uh, with as far as LeBron James is concerned, this is the next thing I wanted to get to. He said, uh, just think of where the Cavs would be if the referees weren't um, protecting LeBron James. And, again, I want to go to uh, last night, and I said this the other day, and I'll say it again. <clears throat> I'm on with Sean this afternoon on the sports company. I may say it again there also. But he says, just imagine how big the Warriors would have won if the refs didn't protect uh, LeBron on every play. Last night, again, the officiating was just unbelievably bad last night. LeBron James fouls on every drive to the basket. Every time he drives to the basket, he's using his forearm. He pushes players away, especially last night when they had to switch up top and little poor little Steph Curry was trying to guard him. He just pushed him out of the way and then drove down the drove down the lane and, and made a layup or dunked the ball or whatever. And then the uh, one where he threw down that one guy in the fourth quarter, and it was obvious by looking at the replay, he he the guy had his hands out and he looped him in, throws him down. They call the foul on the Golden State player, and then later on he drives to the basket and kind of stumbles and he travels. He takes about fifty steps, and then as he's going up, Draymond Green fouls him, and they don't call the travel and they call the foul on Draymond Green. And then the other play where they go down and it's two on one, and I think I think it was Steph Curry. Uh, fell down, stumbled over his own feet, and fell down in front of him. And then LeBron kind of tripped over him, and and he's crying for a foul when it was incidental. There was contact, but it was in, incidental contact when he he tripped over his own feet and fell down. Uh, somebody fell down in front of him, and then he tripped over them. But 
you know, the way he whines and complains about the officiating when they're protecting him on just about every play, there's no way that he shouldn't foul out before the first half because every offensive drive to the basket, he foul, he offensively fouls somebody, whether it's going into the basket where he creates the contact or pushing off the defender <clears throat> with his forearm or his shoulder as he's driving to the basket. It's just unreal to me how he can continue to whine and gripe about the officiating when when he is being protected so much by the officials. <laughs> yeah, I say how you really feel. I think that you look it's at ridiculous. It, yeah, but you know, I think you can't have it both ways. You know, as a coach, you don't want players coming to you and going, "Well, hey, coach, I think you're treating me different than everybody else." And then when something happens and you do so, well, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, <clears throat> what are you doing treating me this way? You can't have it both ways. I don't care if you're a professional Mark, athlete Mark, or Mark, not. You run off your third team deep snapper for missing curfew and underage consumption. Your starting quarterback will be at the stadium running. So no, no, they are different. And at the benefit of the doubt, you watch pitchers in the major league. Some of them get calls. You look at progr- oh, yeah. programs in college athletics. They get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to things like selection Sunday. It's just a microcosm of society. And it, and and it may be, you. and that's true, but don't go into press conferences uh, and whine to the media about this and that when you're getting protected. You can't have entertainment. it both ways. you got to look at it. Uh, Looking at it all wrong, it's entertainment. Take us to a break. We'll go to a break. How about <laughs> that? I'll, I'll calm down. <laughs> I'll calm down during the break. No, I won't. You can get us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline and text line, as everybody has already, 888-993-7762. And this hour of the morning drive brought to you by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Nick and I will be right back. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. You want a security system to take care of the people and property you value most. What you don't want is pushy sales reps and frustrating service calls. You need a security system company that provides you with a solution that fits you, not someone that sells you unnecessary equipment or hits you with hidden costs. It should simply give you peace of mind. That's TSS of West Monroe, Telecom Security Solutions. Call 582-2515. That's 582-2515. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. I'm taking a deep breath. (laughs) Nick Brown, Mark Kramer, John Tabor here with you this morning here on the morning drive talking about the NBA finals. 888-993-7762. Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline and Text Line. Give us a call. I miss the phone calls. You know, the text line is great, and I'm not minimizing the text line, but 
uh, now that we have, have had the text line for a while. A lot of people text in, Nick, and they don't call anymore. You know, some of the best shows we ever had uh, on any of our different shows have been when we've had a ton of phone calls. I miss a lot of the phone calls. Absolutely. But we do appreciate uh, the text coming in, especially Quinn from Dodson. I thought one that was pretty pretty neat to ask about, and we're talking to the college baseballers. We talked about how, you know, you look at some bid, some t- program, some leagues, like such as the SEC, a 10-bid league, you know, and you look at others that aren't. And uh, it goes back to what you have in college basketball, Conference USA shaking things up. Do you see them doing something of that nature in baseball? And I really don't. I don't think, you know, declaring a top five, had you done that this season, you looked and that would have been uh, Louisiana Tech, Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss, uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah. playing each other. Because that fifth team, you know, you look at the way the weather panned out. I mean, you look at Rice and, and the Wayne Graham's uh, – last swan his swan song they had a couple of weather delays travel delays they catapulted from like eighth or ninth on the fringe of not being in the conference usa tournament to the seventh seed right and that's a good point i want to touch on that the question from uh, quint was if the you if the new conference usa basketball format works out are there any plans to use it for baseball as well uh I want to touch on what you just talked about and then we'll continue to answer that question and the reason why we don't think that that will come about. Uh, Rice, to your point, Nick, Rice would not have even, had they played all their games to to finality, Rice would not have made the conference tournament. They would have been out had they lost those two games that, quote, ended up in a tie. Now, I've had people ask me, well, you know, how in the world did the games end in a tie? Was it a weather problem? No. What happens is if you look at any of the Conference USA standings and you see teams with ties, what happens is most of the time if a Conference USA team is at on the road at a team where they had to fly to get there, there is a drop-dead time, and I've been involved with this you know, when I'm subbing for for Dave Nitz doing tech baseball on the radio, there's a drop-dead time that the team has to leave from a certain venue to get to wherever they're flying out of to be able to catch their flight. And so the game has to end at a certain time or they have to stop the game wherever that time, you know, once the inning ends at whatever time that is. And so – uh, about four different teams in Conference USA this year had those drop-dead travel times come and the game was still going on and not finished and it happened to be tied. So because the visiting team had to leave to go catch their air flight, then the games just ended in a tie. Rice had a couple of those, which is, is kind of unusual. But uh, Florida Atlantic was the same thing. Florida Atlantic had one of those, and I think it was against Rice, and so that allowed, at the end of the season, that allowed Louisiana Tech to come in second instead of third because Florida Atlantic had that tie. And had they finished that game and won that game, they would have come in second. Louisiana Tech but, would have come in third. But so percent, percentage it, points, Louisiana Tech had a better winning percentage. Right. And basically, you weren't going to penalize, and Rice did too. penalize Louisiana Tech. for having, and that's one, That is the one thing, of course, that nothing in life is fair. Fair comes around in October. Cotton candy and peanuts, but Fletcher's uh, corn dogs, by the way. Uh, you look and Southern Miss was benefit of that. Uh, you knew, even though Louisiana Tech went down and took two out of three from Southern Miss, they were in no danger of losing uh, the top spot in Conference USA because right. Louisiana Tech had one more game uh, than they did. They would have to have been swept by Marshall to go through. So, um, I did want to explain that though because I've had yes. a lot of I've had a lot of people say, "Well, what was the deal with all the ties?" Uh, a lot of people have asked me those questions, so that's kind of a uh, um, synopsis explanation of why they had a lot of ties in the Conference USA standings as far as that goes. Sherman texts in and says that we were talking about the uh, Major League Baseball draft. He said the only problem with pushing it back is you would delay hundreds of players that are done playing from joining their minor league teams. That's a very good point. Uh, You'd be basically uh, changing that. We were talking about would they 
pushback or how much do the coaches of teams that are still in the regionals and super regionals and then consequently uh, the College World Series, their players have already been drafted. Is it a distraction for them? Is it a distraction for the player or the team at all? But uh, that's true. You're you're not going to punish the the many for the needs of the few. Um, so that's a that's a good point uh, by Sherman. Tim in Calhoun, if I can get that to come up. Yeah, Tim. Tim had to say that he was on board, but then you look in. Uh, uh, Randy uh, says our comments on LSU's performance out in Oregon. <clears throat> yeah, so let's go ahead and get to that. Thanks, Tim. Uh, Tim told me yesterday he would uh, be listening this morning. Um, LSU. Uh, I mean, Outscored twenty-six to one. Yeah, to say they were under, they underperformed is a you know is an understatement. Of course, Oregon State may be uh, one of the best teams in the country, but. Let's let's remember that LSU was the number. I believe didn't they finish eighth in the SEC? Nick, isn't that where they finished in the SEC? Was uh, eighth? Uh, uh, I think well, they were the eighth you, seed you, in the tournament. Well, you got you got your division, so I mean you could give them. But a, they were the eighth seed in the tournament in the SEC tournament, I believe. This wasn't a great LSU team. They lost so much pitching from last year. A lot of their pitching was young. This year, uh, they had trouble at times. Not all the time, but they had trouble at times, especially against good pitching, scoring runs. Now, you'd never know that by uh, the, how they beat Florida in that one game. But Florida already knew they were going to be a national seed and didn't have a whole lot of incentive there in the uh, SEC tournament. But, uh, you know, 12-1 to 1 or 14-1 to 1 or 14 to nothing. Uh, 14 to one and 12 to nothing. And then having to scramble and scrape yesterday to beat Northwestern state, you know, they were going into the top of the ninth inning. I was listening to it. They had to go into the top of the ninth inning down a run. And they were actually two outs away from losing to Northwestern state. And um, Matthew Beck of district two, five, eight from uh, Ash, down in Alexandria, uh, came in and was credited with the win as he worked three innings and only allowed uh, one earned run on two hits and had three strikeouts uh, in his uh, three innings work. I believe the run he gave up was uh, a home run. And then Todd Peterson worked the ninth inning uh, to secure the win for the Tigers for them to be able to move on. So does this get, you know, the question, does this, from, does this get, Paul Paul Maneri, does he get a pass on this? Uh, okay. From <clears throat> now they're underachieving again. They did not really have a very good season overall. So where does this put him uh, as far as the LSU fans are concerned and uh, in kind of the, the pecking order of uh, where the blame goes? Okay, let's, let's, let's look at a few things. Number one. Uh, they talk about injuries, whatever may occur. Yeah, you got demolished and destroyed out in Corvallis. Why don't anybody look at the, the, the real picture that you're looking through, okay? You finish ahead of Mississippi State in the standings <clears throat> in the SEC. You take two out of three from Mississippi State during the regular season. You eliminate Mississippi State at Hoover in the SEC tournament. Now, those are all facts. May, you, you know, May 22nd, they, they defeated them 8-5. Mississippi State goes home. Let's put Mississippi State in the Tallahassee Regional and let's send LSU to Corvallis. I think if you're looking at it, I understand. To be the best, you got to beat the best. I'm with you. Justification. Where did LSU play last year in the uh, regional, super regionals? Didn't they meet up with Oregon State? And so you've got a committee, and you're going to pit these teams against each other again. And anybody knows I'm not going to be an LSU apologist. But it did not make sense when 
You look at a team that you finished, what, 15 and 15 in the league, you're 12 games over 500, 39 and 27. You took two out of three from Mississippi State during the regular season. You eliminated Mississippi State in Hoover. And so now let's take and put you against what, in the final AP poll, wasn't Oregon State number one? Yes. And where was Florida State? So I in the top ten. Why didn't LSU go to Tallahassee? And I understand. Wait a minute. You said, well, they they, they got to be twenty six to one. I understand that. But do you understand? You go to a different regional. You got different results. Oh, it makes so, a, it makes a big difference who your opponents are. A, a down year for LSU is, and then that's where your program is. You don't go to Omaha. You're getting where's Palmineri. Okay, I understand that. Because that's the expectations for your program. Understand, if you're in a different regional, you're sent to Tallahassee. You're sent to Minneapolis. You're more than likely in a super regional. Yeah, I think you they went to done. the You went to the place that you couldn't advance from. Yeah, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about this because this is a big issue and uh, talk about some of the regionals and some of the regionals that were, in my opinion and Nick's opinion, we've talked about it during some of the breaks, uh, some of the weak regionals uh, that allowed certain teams to to continue on, so to speak, that were not, uh, you know, that didn't have a, a ton of competition with it. Uh, Tim texts in again and says, LSU just not as talented as OSU and Oregon State is bad to the bone. Yes, they have pitching and hitting out in Oregon State. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see them in the championship game of the College World Series. This hour of the Morning Drive brought to you by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. And again, you can reach us, like love all these texts, Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline and Text Line. Call Stuart to see how many how much you can save on home and auto, 588-7474. We'll be right back. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream, live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Metal Mart is your source for metal roofing. Metal Mart carries metal roofing and structural steel. But that's not all. Metal Mart also stocks hardware items like weld-on latches and hinges, as well as decorative post caps. Metal Mart bends custom trim and flashing on-site with short lead times, usually within 24 hours. For your metal roofing and building needs, it's Metal Mart. 5930 Frontage Road behind Sam's and Monroe. Call 343-3900. Metal Mart, the right materials for the right price. Chances are, guys, your anniversaries this month. Oh, yeah, now you remember. Don't forget to go buy National Jewelry. They have super suggestions of shining, sparkling surprises, including the new stackable rings, genuine cultured pearls at 20% off, and much more for the gift that says what you may have forgot to say throughout the year. Your anniversary gift is waiting at National Jewelry. Reynolds Drive, Rustin, your diamond engagement ring store. Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the morning drive. Mark Kramer, Nick Brown, and John Tabor here with you this morning. We'll be back. The same pair of us will be back tomorrow as well. And uh, have uh, Santoria Black will be on a couple of times this week. Nick will host the show on Thursday as I'll be out. And then uh, we'll also be here next Monday. And that'll be our last day. And I believe Terry Waldrop is going to do the show with me next Monday as well. 
uh, talking about the uh, LSU kind of uh, debacle out in Oregon, but the fact that maybe they could have gone somewhere else. Uh, Randy says, does it really matter that which regional that they went to? Yeah, it does. It does. And I'll tell you why, Randy, because when you get to Omaha, you got to think about where you've been as far as the pitching a different ballpark. Uh, when you make it out to Omaha Forest and a number number of games that you've had to play to get there, uh, as far as your rotation, a weaker, uh, I think it does make a difference. I mean, I, I mean, Oregon State, don't get me wrong, very strong team, but you tell me, what's the difference of losing to a team in a regional as opposed to losing them in Omaha, I think the further you go down the you know down the line, the funnel gets smaller. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, exa- and your talent, obviously, anybody that gets to Omaha, uh, they're all good there. But uh, to your point, we were going to talk about some of the regionals here in a minute. Uh, um, John Hogan says uh, LSU played Oregon State three times in the World Series last year, uh, which is true. And he says go Hogs. So obviously, he's an Arkansas fan. But um, let's go to, for example, to the point that you're that you're making. Would you rather, as a number, if you're not a number one seed in the regional, would you rather go to a regional where the number one seed is Oregon State, or would you rather go to the regional where Minnesota, yes, the University of Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, not known for baseball, they are the number one seed at their own regional in Minneapolis. I believe they played at Target Field as well. Uh, up in uh, up in Minnesota, which would be a nice perk playing at the Twins, at the Minnesota Twins, beautiful, beautiful ballpark up there. And uh, so where would you rather play at one of those two places? Would you rather play number one in the area with number one seed Minnesota or number one seed Oregon State? For me, I mean, you want to go, you want to extend your season as long as you can. Uh, and you take a turn around orange and blue goggles just for a minute. Auburn went to the Raleigh, North Carolina Regional, NC State. Uh, wasn't even close. Uh, took took care of business in three games. Defeated uh, Army and defeated Northeastern, and they defeated NC State. And I'm talking about the bias you see because where is the base, best baseball being played? Best baseball. I mean, I've seen a model where they've even talked about having a – you know, because we – in the South, can start baseball practice a little earlier. It's not uncommon to see my gracious, one of the world's a team from the Big Ten, say Purdue, coming down to Louisiana to play all these teams. Weather, we have better weather, which is better for baseball. They have snow on their fields until March sometimes. So how much are they behind uh, because of the delay that they get to practice? But you're asking me, as a head coach of a team, I want to extend my season I can't win the national championship. I can't win it at Omaha if I'm not playing it at Omaha. My easier path to get to Omaha would be in Minneapolis. And I say this because, do you know baseball? That's, the ball is going to bounce against you. Your room for error is greater in Minneapolis than it is in Corvallis. You might be able to leave the bases loaded in Minneapolis. You can't leave the bases loaded in Corvallis. So to answer your question, it does make a difference. And you know what? By the time that they've had to use their ace, everybody has their ace, okay? And selective on how you use him is interesting to watch how coaches use their best pitcher in these regionals. Throw off. Southern Miss made the decision to throw Sandlin. And And then they gave up nine runs and ten runs in the other two games. Right, and and I was like, could you have – Gone with your number two guy in that first game. Now, all the Golden Eagle fans that I talked to said, wouldn't matter, wouldn't be an Arkansas matchup if we hadn't thrown him. I beg, I beg to differ. But they know their team more than I do. And Your number two guy, when you get to that point, your number two guy should be able to beat a number three or a number four seed in a regional. If you've got a quality team that's going to go further, your number two guy should be able to do the job. To get the yeah. point you're making to save a guy. Here are the teams. Uh, we're talking about the Minneapolis Regional. Here's the teams that were in the Minneapolis Regional. Of course, Minnesota was the number one seed, and they did advance out of that regional. <clears throat> UCLA was the number two. They were okay, but not great. And uh, the number three team was Gonzaga. Uh, you think about them in basketball, not so much in baseball, way up there in Washington. And then uh, Canisius, 
uh, was the number four seed, then they are from the West Coast. So those were the four teams uh, that were there. Uh, so much rather face number one Minnesota than number one Oregon State. Okay, and they actually played at Minnesota Regional. I was curious at Siebert Field. Yeah, I, 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 thought, I, was thinking, I, was I thought for sure they'd play at Target Field. Yeah, but they did, did not. But you go back to answer the original question, you would rather play, I think, where you got a greater chance to advance. And I, I will say this, as much as I like the G5 or the Conference USA, could you be a three-bid league, you're moving around, uh, I would think you do have some bias. Yeah, we're going to let 10 SEC teams in, but we're not going to let – more host. And I'll say this. LSU deserved a better draw than going to Corvallis. We know that LSU has a history with Oregon State. Okay. Do you really need to do that in college baseball to bring up the interest? Again, I say this. You look, at, and congratulations to Mississippi State to win today over Oklahoma. I do. And I want to see what they do, John Cohen does, in Starville, because you've now got an interim coach that guided you to a super regional. And you could have up to, what is it, seven? Seven or eight teams but you got going look. on to the Super well, Regional right. from the SEC. Right, but they're going to knock each other out. Four are going to knock each other out. But my point being, all that being said. No, I mean you, if they the yeah, Super right. Regionals. Right. But you because look, we still have two teams. Uh, you got the in, Georgia Regional. You got the Florida Oxford. Regional. Yeah, and you got Oxford. So you got yeah. the inclement three weather. Three teams that could three be teams. in. Yeah. But you look and tell me, LSU, you defeat Mississippi State two out of three times during the regular season. You defeat them in Hoover. So let's send you to Corvallis. You've got a fan base. Now, both fan bases travel extremely well. As soon as Mike Martin and the Florida State Seminoles went down, Tallahassee turned into duty noble in the Sunshine State. But was that a spot that we would be talking about LSU playing today? So I look at you, get beat 26 to 1. The sky is falling. Uh, Maneri, yeah, all these things. You got a different regional. I think you, you're talking different results. Charlie says uh, LSU wasn't going to win a super regional regardless of what regional they were placed in, so it doesn't really matter. And then uh, we have um, who LSU played in the, in the regional. If they weren't any better, they would have hosted. Uh, they have plenty of teams over the years that have traveled from far away from Baton Rouge to play a far superior team life isn't fair LSU coaches players aren't making excuses and that's good and we're not uh, you know uh, this unnamed person here said we were whining not whining we're just throwing stuff out there it's just talking points uh, yeah I'm not I'm not an LSU apologist I'm asking how you determine and break down the regionals okay you know who wins the Corvallis regional is really I enjoy watching good quality baseball. Not making a whining for LSU. I'm saying you look okay. Not whining. Let's do a little math. You beat a team two out of three times. Three out of four times you beat that team. They advance to a regional where the number one seed is in the top ten. Okay, the number one team in the land. I'm just talking about how it's chosen. It's chosen to send there for a rematch. Well, and there are, and this is legitimate, and, and this is kind of, you know, some of the talking points that we're trying to get to, and that is there are a lot of people in SEC country that feel like if you go back over the last few years, and we're not just talking about LSU, that they spread, uh, sometimes they spread the SEC schools out a little too much uh, to some of the other tougher regionals uh, trying to uh, maybe get some of them eliminated so the uh, super regionals aren't completely stacked with SEC schools uh, because a lot of times uh, if you put if you spread all the SEC schools out and they're number one, most of them are going to be number hopefully number one or number two seeds. You're going to have a lot of teams as it is, even with the way that they spread things out this year. Again, you've got three regionals that will f hopefully finish today that all include SEC schools. You could end up with, uh, I think, seven in the super regionals uh, throughout the country. Now, so. now, real quick, I want to say this. I enjoyed watching the regionals. I don't know if you got to see any of the Campbell. And I haven't watched every game, okay? so I know. No, I didn't watch Campbell. Okay, the Campbell is playing Duke. And you got to get this. This is crazy. An eight to 8-5 lead in the top of the ninth. Duke is batting. Duke is batting top of the ninth. Duke has one out 
So you're two outs away from winning the game. They have two runners on, first and second. The batter has struggled the entire sub-100. Squares around a bunt. Pitch to contact. They're willing to have runners on second and third with two outs, one out away from elimination. Tries to strike him out. Walks him. Duke goes Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.